drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. It is picked up by the line. Darius Slade's got it. Coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30. Darius at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. Detroit Kool-Aid, what's going on everybody? Monday back here for the Fantasy Football Flavor Show. Always love jumping on the mic here and talking fantasy football with you guys. I know I've said it for multiple weeks, but here we are, a week or two away from the playoffs. I know there's some leagues that I'm in that are crazy, coming right down to the wire. You know, man, I'm just so competitive, as Matt Patricia often says, that uh, I, I can't stand losing. It doesn't matter if it's one of my top leagues, a throw-in work league. I got to win them all, so... Uh, the Sundays, Mondays, you know, those are the days where I'm, I'm gritting. Hopefully I can get that W. So, um, we talk about that, but, uh, I got some good topics on the show today. I'm going to get you guys top performers, kind of have some fun with that. I want to talk about tiebreakers. I want to talk about fantasy tiebreakers when you're heading to the playoffs, you know, there's, there's different ways leagues do it, but it, you know, unless you're in a really big league, you often find where there's a lot of people bunched up for those final one or two playoff spots. I'm going to tell you guys kind of my take on tiebreakers, maybe how you can do it differently in your league and how it's kind of worked out for me and what uh, what my preference is. So we'll talk about that. Um, it's a short week. There's only a few days before you have football here uh, on, on Thursday, Thanksgiving games. I think got three of them on the docket and then uh, have games uh, on Sunday as well. So, uh, you know, just one of those before you know it, you're trying to turn around your roster, especially here in Detroit. You know, we're always uh, looking forward to this time. It's been a tough season, no doubt about it. But when it comes to fantasy football, you know, you're barely getting done with your your Monday game. And you're going to have to have those moves and rosters uh, set before we get to that busy Thursday. Let's see what else I got here. Uh, I want to talk a little rookie drafts. Um, This is the most fun thing to me in fantasy football is when you get in those big dynasty leagues, when you get in those leagues where you can trade draft picks, and uh, once your season is over... You can look forward to that rookie draft. Really uh, makes that off season a lot more fun if you have that. So I want to encourage you guys to do those. I'm gonna talk a little bit about them. I'm also gonna talk about collecting dues. You know, you may have things uh, due in the league, and you always know you got that straggler, that guy that you know. Oh, I'll get it to you. Oh, I forgot. Um, you know, I'll tell you how to solve that issue. And then um, I got a little thing at the end that you want to stick for to. I'm going to leave that a surprise. But right at the very end of the show, I got a surprise little announcement I want to do, which is going to be cool. So hang in there with me. Um, Let's go ahead and do this. Some of you will get this. Some of you won't. We're going to hit with our fantasy leaders. And instead of playing my NFL films or my prime time, prime time music, um, we're going to go ahead and do this. Like I say, you either get this uh, audio or you won't. And uh, if you do, I hope you love it. And uh, we're going to go ahead and get this underway right about now. Shock the system. 
So when we're talking fantasy football from this past week, the guy at the top of my list plays the quarterback position for the Cleveland Browns. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's Grifka's favorite player in the league. His name is Baker Mayfield. Baker uh, has been balling out. I haven't said much about it on the podcast, but he's been putting up W's, been showing that leadership, getting uh, Juice Landry as well as uh, got Odell involved. Finally, that guy found the end zone. But Baker Mayfield goes for 327, three touchdowns, 118 quarterback rating, really played some good ball. The next guy on my quarterback list, this is a guy that I dealt for in an ultra-deep 32-team fantasy league. Um, Made a big trade for him to get younger, get cheaper, and get a good uh, up-and-coming prospect that I thought would ball out. He's done that the past couple weeks. I still don't love their offense and some of their skill players, but Sam Darnold's been playing some dang good football. He went for 315 and two tutties. Got himself a win to over the Raiders, 34-3. Absolute beatdown of uh, Gruden's Raiders there and for the New York Jets. So who saw that coming? Um, you know, we got Jameis Winston in there. This guy, all he does is put up stats, but they're empty numbers. You know, two, ter- two interceptions, you know, multiple kind of odd play from Jameis Winston, but those are kind of your top three quarterbacks. You know, Deshaun Watson had a good day. Drew Brees does what he does. You know, names like that kind of headed your your passing quarterback list when it comes to fantasy. Let's go down to running backs. Uh, are you kidding me with this guy? Oh, usually on the show, it's, uh, you know, we play a lot of this. Oh, baby! But the last few weeks, it's been, oh, Henry! Derrick Henry. I mean, this guy, he just doesn't even look right in the jersey. He's so dang big. I mean, this guy's an absolute monster when it comes to size. And it feels like he's getting his feet under him now as far as, you know, scoring touchdowns. I mean, he's huge, yet he still can run. He's got some speed. And uh, this guy just loves terrorizing the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, had another big touchdown. Look at these numbers for Derrick Henry. 19 rushes. 159, two touchdowns, 8.4 yards per carry. I mean, that's not messing around. Like I say, I've never been a huge fan, to be honest. I, I didn't know if he had the mentality or, you know, I don't know, that dog mentality as we talk about on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. But Derrick Henry's a guy that uh, is starting to show maybe he's coming around. Maybe that team, you know, in Tennessee there is coming around. But uh, he's an absolute beast to get on the ground. And if you can't get him down, he's got the speed to house call at any moment. So you got him at the top of the charts. Look at this name, number two. Big Hughes' favorite running back that he took in every rookie draft, uh, I think it was a year or so ago. And he's been terrible. But here he is for 14 carries, a buck 29. I think he had a 58-yard touchdown. Rashad Penny, welcome to the NFL, makes a play. Unbelievable. Love this guy in college, but he's been a complete nothing, basically, in the NFL. He shows up and is big. Next guy on my list, Nick Chubb, man. This guy's like the model of consistency. Nick Chubb just continues to... Ah, he just continues to do it, man. Uh, putting up consistent numbers. They've been giving him the ball every single Sunday. 21 touches again here in the run game. 106 and a touchdown for Nick Chubb, so... 
that's big. And then you get to the names that uh, you don't expect to see. I mean, the next few names on my list here. Devin Singletary, guy's been playing better than expected at the NFL level. Jonathan Williams, a guy came out of nowhere, liked him, you know, early in his career, just never got opportunity. He puts up big numbers again, another 100-yard game for him. Bo Scarborough, the new hotness for the Detroit Lions. I mean, you had to love how Bo ran the football, getting up and down, hitting that hole with some... uh, Shock the system. Had to let that intro go again. Uh, Bo Scarborough hitting that hole with some speed, a couple jump cuts, able to uh, just really finish with some thump, which I love to see. I mean, he's a bigger back. He's young. He really seems to have a great head on his shoulder. So Bo Scarborough is on this list. Benny Snell, another young guy showing up here. 21 rocks for 98 yards. Didn't find the end zone. And then you get back to the usual names. Leonard Fonette, one of my other favorite players in the league. And Zeke Elliott. Both had a nice days. Let's turn our, our uh, eye to the wide receivers. These are actually the pass catchers. So you may have some tight ends mixed in here as well. This guy was a guy on everybody's radar as like the sleeper guy. And everybody was on everybody's list. Everybody was saying this is going to be the year. Some people were on it. Some people were saying everybody loves this guy. I, what's he done? I'm not sure about him. Chris Godwin. I mean, seven for 184 and two house calls. Oh, baby. Uh, that, that's some balling out right there by Chris Godwin. Uh, he's been doing it. Like I say, James Winston throwing it to him and Mike Evans all day, every day. Uh, big day for him. Uh, another, well, they actually got the dub there against Atlanta, 35-22. So that's good for the Buccaneers. And kind of a fun team to watch, but also... Uh, hot mess sometimes Jarvis Landry showed up big against his uh, previous squad he went 10 catches you know Jarvis Landry's always going to catch a ton of passes 10 catches 148 and found the end zone twice as well I know that helped me in at least a couple fantasy leagues and I'm sure it helped some of you as well Will Fuller just shows up again off of what probably another hammy or ankle or whatever he has every few weeks he puts up seven for 140 I mean, 20-yard average, I mean, that sounds just about right for Will Fuller, and no touchdowns. I mean, he's been known to score deep touchdowns, but he's also a guy that will get those empty yards, like 120 yards, no touchdowns, you know, but when he's been healthy, he's been good this year. Next few names, A.J. Brown, Allen Robinson, George Kittle from the tight end position shows up big, 6 for 129 and a touchdown. I want to say that touchdown was a deep one, too, 50, 60 yards, something like that. I'm sure that helps a lot of you guys that... Love to invest highly in the tight ends um, in fantasy football. We, I'm sure, between our, our, our Detroit Kool-Aid cast, we'll talk about tight ends because Grifka's always hated them. I've tried to justify the pick of TJ Hawkinson at number eight, but my patience is wearing thin on this guy with just not making plays, not showing a week after week after week after week after week. After week, after week. Ten weeks now. Ten weeks TJ Hawkinson, if you're pick number eight, you got to make plays, man. You got to look like you care. I'm sure we'll talk more about that. But uh, George Kittle, like I said, he didn't start his career like a house of fire, but he is uh, he's a top player at that position. You just see the way he plays, the passion, as well as getting it done. So Kittle making plays. And uh, tell me if you heard this before. Mike Thomas, 10 catches, 101, and a touchdown. I mean, 
the guy gets no less than 10 catches a week. He'll be usually in that 100-yard mark, and he'll usually find the end zone for you. So Mike Thomas doing big things as well. So let me go ahead and pull this music down. You know, I think that absolutely. Those are your fantasy football leaders for the week this past week. Heading into Monday Night Football tonight when I'm recording. We got Rams. We've got um, Baltimore. I don't know if you heard of this guy named Lamar Jackson. He's pretty good. He's pretty fast. He's pretty dynamic. Um, should be a fun game there. Aaron Donald, every time you watch him defensively, you're just like, oh my gosh, this guy's unblockable. The Rams have not got it going offensively this year. They had some injuries. Todd Gurley has really been a shell of himself, which I thought he'd still be all right, but he's been there. You know, the Rams got to get it going, no doubt. So, all those players heading into Monday Night Football, that's your fantasy football leaders for the week, and I don't know. I mean, I don't know about you, but I think that's absolutely undisputed. Shock the system. So there you go, everybody. There's there's my uh, leaders. Tried to have that music in the background, have some fun with it as well as instead of just giving you the stats, the stats, um, talk it up a little bit, talk some football, and have some fun that way. So I um, hope you guys enjoyed that to kick off the show. Um, we're gonna go ahead and take a quick um, break for our sponsors. Got to get our ad sponsors in here. That always helps out the show, keeps this thing going. When we come back. I'll be talking about all the things I mentioned off the top. You got to stay with me. We're going to talk about tiebreakers. We want to talk about, uh, you know, what you do before we get to Turkey Day. You got your rookie drafts. Um, how, how how to make sure that you don't have to be bill collector and make get those people in early, as well as we might even talk championship titles. And we got that surprise to end the show. So we'll we'll go quick hitters on that right when we get back and have a bunch of fun with it. So thanks everybody for listening. We'll be right back. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, everybody, we're back. Really appreciate appreciate you listening to the Fantasy Football Flavor Show. Like I said, I know a lot of you are in fantasy leagues. I know there's so much content out there, but just the fact that you listen to the Detroit Kool-Aid cast and give me some time to get on the mic here and talk fantasy football is really fun. And it's it's been a fun year. It's really been a tough year when it comes to, to me for fantasy football. A lot of my top guys have either been hurt or maybe had a down year, but... What's good about it is they're such good players, and I love, I still love all my teams in regards to depth and and my rookie talents, as well as just some of the elite players that, you know, I'm I'm just hanging in there. But I gotta say, you know, the the leagues I care about, I'm pretty sure I'm be in the playoffs and and making some noise, maybe coming home with some hardware. 
some of the other leagues that uh, I did want to win, you know, just ate up by injuries, ate up by issues. So it's been tough from that perspective. But come on, Odell, carry on, James Washington, um, Kenny, all, all my guys that I've been touting, uh, you know, all day um, across the board. Joe Mixon, I mean, got to get it going heading into 2020, no doubt about it. Let, let me give you my quick take on tiebreakers. So most leagues that you'll find, whether it's 18, 10 team, 12 team standard, you know, they, they just do total points for as your tiebreaker. I've always had an issue with this, but I can also see why it might make sense as well. So like years ago, I got away from total points for, and the reason I did was I felt like people were, you know, it was too easy to get really ahead in points where you might have a couple really high scoring weeks where you put up 120, 140, 150, you know, whatever your high point total is in some leagues. And another team might have a few injuries or a few issues and have those really low scoring weeks where they're putting up, you know, other teams are scoring 150. They might have a week where they score 80, 90, right? That's a, that's a big difference. That's hard to make up that many points across a, a season. So I felt like if you had a few of those, you just got way ahead of everybody in points four, and it was like it didn't matter what you really did. It was, oh, I'm, you know, 120, 150 points ahead of the next closest guy. So your seed was just locked. You know, if there's any tiebreakers, oh, I got points four. I, I didn't like that for that reason. So what I went to a few years ago was head-to-head record. I felt like, when it came to tiebreakers, it should be, if it's between me and the Big Hughes, shout out Big Hughes, the twins are growing up, he's a dad doing big things, and he's always talking mad noise in fantasy football, so I try to shout him out here on the show. Now, let's say me and Big Hughes are, are tied at, uh, let's just say one and two in the uh, fantasy football standings. And we're fighting for that top spot. Usually there's kind of a nice little uh, reward for that top spot. Or, you know, you get that really high seed in the playoffs. It usually, you know, helps you. That's a topic for another day because it really doesn't help you. Like, you get in the playoffs, it's just a coin flip regardless, right? But, um, you know, everybody wants to be top. So let's say me and the Big Hughes are up at the top one, too. What I like to do is, let's say our records are tied at the end of the year. 11 and 2, you know, uh, 10 and 3, whatever it may be. I want that tiebreaker to be what happened when me and the Big Hughes played in fantasy football. You know, did I beat him? Did he beat me? You know, that should be the team that's above. Like, I don't want it to be, oh, Hughes blew up a few weeks and I had a, a terrible week. Or, you know, even sometimes a guy might forget to put in a player or a guy gets pulled at the last minute. Uh, you don't know it, and you end up getting a zero for that guy. I don't want total points for to decide that. I want it to be mano y mano. Who won versus who, you know? Did we play two times during the year? Did we split? Did I beat you twice? Did I get whooped twice? I want that to be what determines it. So, you know, points four has always been my go-to, no doubt about it. So that's that's what I suggest for most of you guys, as long as it makes sense, you know. Sometimes the scout, the schedules are unbalanced. You know, everybody doesn't play each other equal amount of times. You kind of just live with that. You know, you know it's not going to be perfect when it comes to that. But if you beat a guy uh, or another team, if you beat another team and, and it's coming down to maybe who's going to make the playoffs, who won't, and you beat them, but you don't get in the playoffs just because they scored some more points than you, I think that's tough to, tough to swallow. Now, here's the counter side. The counter side is people tell you, well, points four is the best because that showed that you did great, you know, 
throughout the year, which I'm a huge proponent of. Like fantasy football is 12, 13 weeks for the season. I think you should be rewarded when you've proven week after week, day after day, you know, matchup after matchup that you're putting up big points. you got a good squad. I think that should be rewarded in some ways. That's why we usually have like rewards for first place for the regular season or some other type of weekly type things, weekly high score or whatever you want to do. So that's the argument four points for is like, Hey, you know, I put up, you know, 200 more points than you. I had a better team. While that same argument is usually used for the guy at the bottom of the standing saying, look at my points four is so good. My record's terrible. Right. So I think it's a really, you know, kind of variable stat, if you want to call it that way, or data point. That's just not that reliable. So I, I like head to head face up, you know, um, to decide those tiebreakers. Next topic, let's get to the short week with Turkey Day. Normally on a Thursday, you just got the one Thursday night game. Here we got three. You know, my thing is just sort of making sure you're ahead of the game. Look, we got no more bye weeks. You don't have to worry about that. So you're focusing on injuries. You know, who's injured, who's not. Do you have to make a substitution? And then you're just getting in those rosters extra early. Like, I I pretty much have your lineup set by Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, midday, whatever it is. That way, if you're traveling with family, for family stuff, if you're tied up, you know, cooking the turkey, hang, hanging out with the kids, whatever you're doing, you don't even have to worry about it. All you got to do is keep your ear to the to everything. If there's a, a late injury, if there's, you know, something that comes across the wire that might make you change your lineup, there's really no reason to rate to the last second, knowing that you might get busy with this uh, holiday time of year. So look at your rosters here on Tuesday morning, figure it out, get those healthy good lineups in and then just let it roll you know that's uh that that's that's the easy fix there next topic rookie drafts i'm telling you anybody any of you guys that are out there in standard yahoo leagues in leagues that you know just redraft every year year after year like i'm telling you get in a dynasty league get in a league with some depth but get in a league with a rookie draft. The only reason any of us really do fantasy football for the most part is because we love sitting back in our lazy boys and thinking that, man, I could draft better than that guy. I could run a team better than so-and-so. What what are they doing that for, right? So we're trying to prove our worth, and we want to act like we're a GM when we know just, you know, that's a very hard seat to get. There's only a few of them, and... There's a lot more to it than we really know when it comes to NFL. But when it comes to fantasy football, there's also a lot more uh, to know and more out there if you want to look. If you're a football nut and you love all the intricacies, you're big into the draft, you like all the things about team building, you want to get in as deep and kind of as a uh, complex league as you can knowing that we all have time constraints. You know, none of us are spending, you know, 10 hours a day on our fantasy teams unless you get paid to do that. But some of these deep leagues where they have these really fun components, or like I say, I'm talking here about rookie drafts, it really doesn't take much more time. But what it does do is once your season ends, you've got a few months there to sort of keep your ears open, make sure you're up on all the draft stuff. And then when the draft is over, we do our rookie draft basically that next week or that next few days, really. You know, we get it rolling, and uh, it's it's the best thing about fantasy football. It really is, because that's really the moment where you get to take this select pool of talent, just these rookies, 
and there's no real data out on them yet, which makes it more fun. And you're doing it, I, I suggest, some people do rookie drafts as late as possible. I like to do them as early as possible right after the draft because that's what NFL teams do. They don't have these three, four months where they can say, oh, he looked good in practice. Oh, he's a, he, can, he can do it at the NFL level. They pick a prospect and then have to sort of see it through the process. Well, you should do the same in fantasy. You should have your rookie draft, rookies only, right after the NFL draft. You know at least what teams these guys are on and who you liked, who you didn't. Draft your guys. Watch that offseason. Make sure they don't get in the police blotter or, you know, they don't, you know, tear their Achilles in offseason workouts. And if they do, you know, that's the breaks. That's the guy you took. If they don't, if they ball out all offseason and they show up in the regular season, you can see, wow, what a great pick. Or, you know, you can tell your buddies and people, I told you so, you know, that you knew this guy was going to be good from coming straight out of college, which is kind of fun. So, Get in those. Like I say, a lot of my leagues, they're deeper. But even in a couple shallow leagues, we have a rookie draft. We do three, four rounds. You know, let's say you got a 10, 12-team league. Um, you can usually get two to three rounds there of really good rookies, wide receivers, tight ends, quarterbacks that, uh, you know, not only will populate your, you know, give you good players, but it gives you some fun depth. You know, you're basically storing people away that might be good in a year or two, might be good depth for your for your studs. So maybe you have like a, a Drew Brees. He's going to start almost every week for you at quarterback, but you can go get one of these nice. I mean, it's a really good draft coming up for, for QBs. So you can go ahead and take one of those top QBs and kind of stash them away and uh, see how that all shakes out. Maybe Drew Brees hangs it up and then you got a young guy in the waiting. If he continues to play, you just, you have some depth there to kind of see how that rookie turns out for you. So again, big proponent of, of finding a league that has that or adding that to your current league. If you do it fairly and if you do it enough time, most people would be excited to do a small rookie draft, um, you know, as long as it doesn't tilt the uh, balance of the league. You know, if you do one, always have the worst team picking first, just like the NFL does. That helps balance your league a little bit too. But yeah, rookie drafts are where it's at, no doubt. All right, next thing on the docket, collecting those dues, being bill collector. Um, it's the it's the worst job of a GM or a commish, sorry. It's the worst thing about fantasy football or the guy or guys that always want to tell you, oh, I'll get you next time, oh, I... Uh, I don't have PayPal, oh, I'll, um, you know, I forgot my checkbook, or, oh, you know what I mean? Like, you want to get, and the reason you want to have dues and stuff in your league is more so to lock people in, you know, so they have something on the line, so they care, so they're, it's important to them, and here's how I do it, you know, I, for years, I went, and, you know, you'd wait till right before the season, and, You'd always have a couple stragglers, and you always have a couple people that were right on it, too. I've always had buddies that just, hey, you know, um, let, let me get this to you real early in the process. So it's always a little bit of both, but the stragglers were always the tough part, as well as, you know, like I say, just I'm not a guy that likes to ask people multiple times. You know, if I ask you a couple times for something, I either expect you to do it or you don't, and then I just get frustrated with you. I'm not going to just chase you down all day, every day for something, something so simple. So so here's what I did after after years of kind of just getting frustrated with it. What I do now is at the end of my leagues, you know, the, the season ends, the playoffs are over, whatever, the season's completely over. I take from that point to the, um, gosh, usually I do just, you know, that point up to the week before the Super Bowl, 
you got to pay for the next year. You know, whatever the thing is, might be just something friendly. It might be a little bit of a doski, whatever it is. Like you gotta, you gotta get that to me or get that to wherever. Some some of those sites, you know, they use the websites where it kind of holds it for them. I think that's a good way to do it too. But uh, yeah, like I say, I'm basically collecting a year before, and the reason I'm doing that is because a lot of my leagues do have some off-season things that you got to pay attention to, or that we want you to make sure you care about, make sure you show up to. So it's just easier to get it ahead of time. It locks people in. It doesn't let that guy wait, wait, wait. And then like the day before the draft say, oh, sorry, I'm going to leave the league. You know, they have a buy-in. And then if they also want to get out and not be in, you know way in advance. So it gives you time to get new people. But um, so from when the playoff championship is over to a week before the Super Bowl, your next year is due. And then the fun part that I've added, which, you know, some people still grumble, but I think it's great, is... You don't do the championship payouts or trophies or whatever right away. You wait and you do those on Super Bowl Sunday. So on Super Bowl Sunday, when people are, are just hyped up for football, you get them that big that big um, reward that they've earned. And I'm a big guy on, you know, if you can come up with a funny championship, you know, I'm a big you know proponent of a really fun big championship belt that you can put on your mantle at work or, you know, wear to the draft or show up and pretend that you're a stone cold or something and show up just with the belt and, and, and whatever else you want to do, which is fun. But, uh, if you're not a fan of that, you know, I've seen some people do like the green jacket where you get an old fun green sports coat. And then they'll actually like embroider the names on the inside of the winners, or you might have a trophy that you can chisel names on and things like that. Um, big proponent of all that, like anything you can do to make your league, not only more unique, but more fun and more engaging for those that are in it, the better. I know some people are just like, oh, I just want to win or I just want the money. If there's money involved, whatever it is. Yeah, that's part of it. But the bragging rights, the fun trophy, the the other fun elements that make it unique does does make for a better fantasy league. So collect early. And like I said, once you've collected before the Super Bowl, that locks you in. Then paying out on the Super Bowl is fun. You know, people get used to that of just going, okay, I know I don't get it right away after I win, but I get it on Super Bowl Sunday. That's kind of a fun intangible to add. And that's really worked out well, much better for me than before. And like I said, let's say somebody right after the season is like, hey, man, appreciate the league, but, you know, I got some kids on the way or I'm just too busy, whatever these excuses are people make. Um, you just, all right, cool. And then you just... That gives you like a month or so to find somebody else so that you're not, you know, behind on all the filling of your league and collecting and all that type of stuff. You get it all done within that month before we get to the off season. Then you're like, all right, cool, that's done. You And then you have, like I said, from February, March, and then by April, mid to end of April, you're, you're starting to gear up and, and even run some of those really, really early rookie drafts. So... I really am a proponent and uh, suggest to do that, no doubt about it. Like I say, go find yourself a cheap trophy, a cheap championship belt. A um, Some people do almost like a dare, you know, something that between you and your friends that, you know, not only for the champion, but I love those leagues that do something for the worst team. Because you know? <laughs> uh, it really puts an onus on not being the worst, not tanking. All. So if you can come up with a couple of those things, I totally want you to do it and uh, have a ton of fun with your fantasy football leagues because you know some people act like they get too busy they grow out of it like i'm telling you from august until december 
if you get in the right league with the right people, the right rules, and really love football, it totally adds something to Sundays. I mean, I couldn't imagine just sitting down watching non-Lions games with no fantasy football on the line, no rooting interest in, in all these players, no competitiveness of just wanting to win, wanting to find a way. I mean, once you pick and once you set your lineups, yeah, the, the players and the, the game does itself. So you're really not doing much, but that one little move you made, that guy you picked late that ends up blowing up that year, there's a certain sense of fun and pride and just <laughs> an ability to say, I told you so, which is kind of the ultimate trophy that we all get, right? So, um, like I say, just totally enjoy it. It's only about 10, eh, what's what's fantasy football? Maybe 14, 15, 16 weeks at most in total. I mean, that's basically, that's basically three or four months worth, you know, and that's all you get. So three, four months of fantasy, eight months, do whatever the hell else you want to do. Um, you know, everybody always says what they're up to. I'm like, you can go do that all the rest of the time. Don't lose out on these four months of football, fantasy football, you know, the greatest sport in the world, you know, while you can and when you can. So do that up, everybody. My final thing for the show, I know you guys have been waiting. Uh, I said I had a little announcement here's the plan i i've kind of been trying to figure out i've got some other opportunities to maybe do some other podcasts i'm kind of weighing out what i want to do and again i'm still trying to make football career still trying to grow this thing i know i still got tons of way to go in regards to this podcasting world as well as you know lots of things i'm working on behind the scenes but i think what i want to do with this show is i want to this was a first year. I kind of just threw it on my plate. I've enjoyed doing it. We're going to keep doing it. You know, every trying to get it to you every Monday or Tuesday here. But I think, you know, we'll finish out this year in the playoffs, kind of see, you know, what I want to do next year. But what I want to transition the show to, and I think a lot of you will be excited about this, is if I can balance out my schedule right and do, I got some ideas and things I want to try. I think either on here or you know, who knows, maybe even another platform. I want to do an NFL draft show. So I think my plan right now is when this ends, maybe I take a week or two away, whatever it may be. But I want to come back to you guys same time, you know, not sure if it'll be the same channel or same platform, but could be. And just straight up talk NFL draft like I've done with fantasy, like breakdown positions and players and just give my take and all that leading up all the way to the mid end of April when the NFL draft is right around the corner. So I'm still trying to figure out all my times and things, but I think you guys would really like that out there from, from our listeners on the Kool-Aid cast to all you guys that love football. I think, you know, when fantasy ends and when the NFL season is winding down, especially the way the Lions have been struggling, I think I got the sound bit here. Um, you know, the Lions have definitely been struggling. Uh, it's been tough. It's been a tough year, but there's nothing more fun than talking NFL drafts. Hope springs eternal. You know, get everybody all queued up on all these different prospects. Take your guys' questions. Do everything like that. So be on the lookout. More to come. That if the fantasy football flavor show ends towards the end of the year, or even if I decide uh, not to do it moving forward, um, the plan is to talk NFL draft, keep talking football all year long, and all types of different ways. So so keep an eye out on my Twitter at Derek Okri, D-E-R-E-K-O-K-R-I-E, as well as, you know, all the other ways so you can reach me. 
And, uh, again, just love talking football with you guys, the fans. You you know, it's just so fun. And we also uh, love seeing all the different opinions. And uh, just having good football discussions back and forth is really a great time. So thank you, everybody, for the support. That's going to end the Detroit Kool-Aid Cast Fantasy Football Flavor Show for today. Big announcement. Once this is over, we'll be talking NFL Draft. Uh, it's going to be awesome. So thank you, everybody. Take care. I'm out. Drink it in, man.